Welcome to Remedy Stories, a podcast brought to you by Remedy Church in Waxahachie, Texas. Each episode, we sit down to have an intentional conversation with the different people who make up our local church body. Our hope and desire is for God's glory to be shown through the sharing of each of their unique stories. It's our prayer that you are encouraged and edified through this podcast. If you'd like to know more about Remedy Church, visit us on the web at remedy-church.com. Hey everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Remedy Stories. Today is part two with Jack and Karen Abels. As you can kind of tell, that some of these conversations go pretty long, and we are okay with that, but in an attempt to keep the episodes at a reasonable length, we're just going to go ahead and be splitting these up into two parts. And so, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, part one, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to that. Otherwise, you will be jumping right into the middle of this conversation. But um, that said, here we go with the remainder of our conversation with Jack and Karen. So y'all are uh, you're married, um, and uh, I guess finishing up school. So where were you serving? You mentioned earlier about serving and being involved in the Baptist Student Union. Um, but what was getting married, continuing with school, you feeling calling to, to church ministry, to being a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is, are y'all serving in another church at this time? Or what, where are we going with that? What's going on right then? Are you at Hampton, um, uh, back at your home church? Or Yes, we after we married, and right before we married, I had joined the church okay. over there. And we helped out with Vacation Bible School. In fact, mm-hmm. the first month after uh, we married, uh, I went with the youth group. She had always gone to the mission trips, their youth choir. They would do working with kids ministries, and they would go to. They've gone to California and other other pretty far off trips. But they were planning a trip to Milwaukee. She couldn't get off work to go on this one, but they asked me to go and be the the evangelist for the. The, the trip mm-hmm. and so that's what we did that summer we they had a gigantic uh, children's program going on that summer a lot of buses they were running bringing kids from all over the area and uh, we were involved in teaching uh, I know a ninth grade group of about 40 kids mm-hmm. if you can imagine getting that I mean this this was a big deal back at that time we're talking 1969 yeah. Yeah. in Oak Cliff and there were lots of churches that were really booming and and bringing in you know folks it it was just another a different time mm-hmm. but as we got into that that school year a friend of mine came to me and said look I've I've been helping in this little church at Balch Springs yeah and he said I'm I'm going to go and they asked if I knew somebody that that maybe could help come and and work with the youth and music in the in the church, and so I went out to this little church, and Karen and I, we served out there uh, until I graduated. We were out there; it was about a year and a half. Okay, and uh, it was it was a good experience, a lot of learning things going on. But the preacher was a mailman; he was bivocational, and uh, he was he was glad at times to say, "Look, have you." You ready to preach? You want to preach? So I did get to preach several times while uh-huh. I was there. Yeah. 
Karen did some things, activities with uh, some of the young ladies. She had a uh, retreat for them uh, one time, and then I took some guys camping. So we were, you know, we didn't have children at that time. Yeah. Um, I didn't. Um, we, we did go um, back to school that third year, and I finished the third year. Yeah, I think I, I, I was pregnant with our first child at the end of the year, by okay. the end of the year, so... Um, I, we, you know, and you were we ready to not not uh, be in school uh, for a while. Yeah, she was kind of yeah, saying, was kinda, yeah. <laughs> "So, yeah, but but then he graduated the next year. So, yeah, it. Um, so I didn't. So at that that was the end of my college career at that time. Okay. Um, okay. So y'all have first kids. So um, y'all are in Balk Springs, Balk or Balch? Balch. Okay. I've yeah, always wondered. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Yeah, I think Balch. But but uh, yeah. Um, so you're there, you said, for until you're graduating college at, at Dallas Baptist. What, where are you, are you taking a pastor role after that, or where are y'all going? Can I field this sure. question? Sure, I would love <laughs> it, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that, yeah, he already answered, didn't, uh, didn't take a church at that time. But it, um, we knew that uh, seminary, was uh, the obvious next choice. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we're located in Oak Cliff, Texas, and still. And um, so the logical thing was to enroll at Southwestern. So he did that. Um, and I, I was still working full-time at the, at the telephone company as a long-distance operator. And anyway, one night, um, uh, usually on my break, I would give him a phone call and um, now this is the way I remember it. And if it's basically okay, would you not? <laughs> yes. But what yes. I remember is that he had spoken to this pastor who had been influential in his life um, and was telling him his, his plans. And the question was raised during the conversation by this pastor, well, have you prayed, prayed about your plans? Mm. And so... Jack uh, was just relating that to me, and he said, Karen, he said, we haven't prayed about it, have we? And I said, no, we haven't. I'm scared to. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, and, uh, but it, we did. And I don't, okay, you can take it up from here, but that's what I remember, because that was a huge deal in the direction that our life took. Can I just ask you one question? Mm -hmm. Why were you scared to pray about it? Because uh, I was afraid it might not be Southwestern. Okay. And, yeah, okay. I was afraid it might not be Southwestern. It wasn't going to be either. what you were planning exactly. to be. Exactly. It didn't something. fit in okay. the plans. Have to uproot, all that stuff. Oh, it's the beginning of uprooting for our, the rest of and, our lives. <laughs> and at that point, like she was saying, we, we had a baby that was born in January. And so uh, she was six months old at this point when we we'd had the conversation there have been a couple of upheavals uh, not in our family life but in kind of my personal thoughts about what was ahead in ministry and uh, loss of a friend and there there were just some things that had me disoriented that made me call and just say hey just we'll call and see how things are going uh, this friend was now pastoring in another state and uh, and he did make that statement just like Karen said when I, I said that I was pre-enrolled at Southwestern to be starting classes there uh, 
in the fall, and his his statement was, "Well, did you pray about that?" Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we prayed and we prayed about, but did I pray specifically, dear Lord, should I go to Southwestern Seminary? No, I don't guess. I was working full time while she's working full time the phone company. I'm working full time as a civilian employee of the Dallas Police Department. I worked down there, started in January 68, and uh, no, January 69. And uh, at Southwestern, I could, I still had a job. Back then, there were a lot of students that were just trying to find a place, selling shoes, working somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, the conversation had been, well, there aren't that many churches looking for preachers. It sounds like a crazy statement, but I mean, just every every vocation has got its myths. But I I knew I could be involved in in ministry. I was involved in ministry uh, before I could do I could do things, and I get my degree. And I really didn't have any uh, definite leadership from the Lord that I said the Lord's told me this, and I I know this is what I ought to do. We were just kind of stuck in the process, of mm-hmm. paying bills taking care mm-hmm. of things, living our lives, you know. And uh, so based on that and some other things that, that followed real quickly, mm-hmm. we quit our jobs. I sent, a, I sent a preliminary. The thought had been, well, have you ever thought about going to this school? Because I understand that, that up there, there are mission opportunities. And mm-hmm. so I just began really praying about that and we started praying about whether or not we ought to look in another direction of for going to seminary and uh, real quickly I, I made the inquiry about whether or not I could could uh, enroll there and they said you would have to get released we have a very close relationship with all of our, our Baptist seminaries you have to be released from them before you could be accepted as a candidate to be a student with us Okay. They did let me go ahead and start the process, and uh, within just a matter of about two weeks. I, that was where that was why I stopped because yeah. I couldn't remember the time frame, but I knew it was like whirlwind. Yeah. We yeah. were and and you know just kind of cut to the chase just a little bit because it you know it was all very, like I said, it was just really fast. But um, you know, we quit our jobs. We. Um, I put in for a transfer with the with the phone company, and um, but uh, yeah, and we were headed in a U-Haul truck with our dot with our Rambler American on the in tow, uh, and our seven-month-old in the seat between us. Mm-hmm. Up front, a little headed. plastic L-shaped. Yes, just one of these, th- you know, car seats with the the little things that come over the back. Seat. Uh-huh. That's it. That's it. A little different. Yeah, she's up in the front with us, and uh, yeah, and moved to um, Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, and yeah, and that was that. Those are really there's a really fun story that goes along with that about God's provision and everything. Um, that uh, going into going in, we were on one of the main streets coming into coming into Louisville, and um, we were kind of trying to get our bearings, and um, and I looked in the my the rearview mirror on my side, and I saw our Rambler going that way. 
and <laughs> coming up beside us coming coming up beside us yeah and um anyway it just came to a stop right at the curb um we got out right there on that busy street he put the drive shaft back in and i think i'd followed you over to the seminary and we told him we were there to get an apartment a two-bedroom apartment please <laughs> <laughs> We turned a corner <laughs> on Lexington Avenue, where the seminary was. We turned left, and as I turned left, that, that hitch came undone. Yeah. <laughs> and I go left, and the car is just going like that. Yeah. Went right on up. So, anyway, so after they stopped laughing, you know, of course, we found out. So, you know, but the Lord provided... Um, Provide the car you, the, just to clarify, the car you were pulling started passing you. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. The car that we were pulling came to a safe stop. Nothing was damaged. We were able to get it you know, drivable. Hooked, drivable. Yeah. We arrived at the seminary, and like I said, after they stopped laughing at us about our request <laughs> for the apartment, um, we... Um, I think we spent a night in a hotel we could we scarcely afford um, and had our first White Castle hamburger. Um, and um, anyway, the rest, as they say, is history. But, um, but just uh, the Lord provided a place for us to live. He provided, a, he provided a babysitter for us right in the apartment complex. A German lady. Uh, he was a doctor at the hospital, um, uh, Norton's Infirmary there in in uh, Louisville, and uh, right there because I've got my transfer went through, uh, and um, I started working for the phone company, and he got enrolled, and we, yeah, yeah. So. So what what seminaries in Louisville? Southern mm -hmm. Baptist Theological Seminary. Yeah. I have had a conversation with our pastors about my theological foundation okay having gone good. to a different seminary <laughs> and there were some differences and they're still good with you so far okay. <laughs> yeah. that's good okay so um you're pursuing uh so you started pursuing this to consider missions is that right no is that, i'm sorry no. that's a great setup because that's absolutely uh, not at all. I didn't know anything about missions because in our little church, we we were not involved in any uh, awareness of missionaries or thing. I mean, I knew what a missionary was, but, you know, Albert Schweitzer, I mean, whatever. But Karen grew up studying about specific missionaries and, and finding out and listening to missionaries that would come to their church. But no, we were... We were just involved in, in the local church, and I thought, I'm involved as a pastor. This is what I, I do. That uh, I know that, that I can get bogged down, but this is, this is an important part of how the Lord has worked in our lives, that that first motel that we stayed in in, in Louisville, and trying to figure out what we were going to do. Second day, we just drove around. We knew we couldn't stay in a motel. I mean, it probably cost $30 a night back then. Imagine, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I don't know if it cost that much even. But we drove around and, and looked over near the seminary 
to see if uh, if we could find any apartment or anything and and did find a little apartment house that I went in and asked in the office there if they had any apartments available and the lady said we have one that's, that's vacant right now but we're doing some remodeling on it there, there's some things we need to do we're doing some painting and they basically were going to paint and put down some, some carpet mm -hmm. and I said we really need a place to be and and she let us move into that apartment and them do the work while we're in it Okay. we basically had no furniture we didn't have uh, in that truck I know we had to stay anyway this but uh uh, we didn't. We didn't have much. This was a scaled down, uh, yeah, rental truck. Yeah. It was not the great big one. Mm -hmm. In the first week that we're there, the first day as I'm unloading the truck, a student, a guy came over and identified himself. He says, "He said, you you coming here to go to seminary?" I said, "As a matter of fact, I am." He saw a Texas license plate, mm -hmm. and he said, "I'm from Alabama." He said, "I'm I'm here also." He said, "I came in earlier in the summer." And uh, they were renting there in those apartments. Okay. Two or three days later, in the first week that we're there, he came over and he said, hey, you want to preach Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he said, I've been preaching at a church up in Indiana, south of Indianapolis. And he said, uh, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm really not going back anymore, but I'm not going to go this week. And he said, I, I'll call him and tell him, if, give me your name if you want to do that. So the first Sunday that, that we're there in Kentucky, I preached at a church in Indiana. They invited me. They took us to one of the homes. We went to eat in a the house. They treated us nicely. Uh, gave us a little, gave us a check. Well, we're going to do that check. <laughs> but we had enough gas to get back home. Uh -huh. we, got, we got back. And they invited us to come back again the next week. So the next week, we drove to that same little church and preached up there. Afterward, before we went to eat anywhere, they said, okay, if you all want to, just whatever, here, we're going to go ahead and have our meeting. And they were having a meeting to call me to come be the pastor. Oh, my God. And did you know this? No. <laughs> and this, this was an American Baptist church. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, and I said, you know, I... I just, I'm not sure that this is what I need to do right now. I'm not sure it's what the Lord has planned for us. And things got cold, and they <laughs> handed me another check, and it wasn't, here, we'll take you to eat or anything. And we came back, and I thought, seriously, I thought, Lord, I, I've slammed the door. Uh -huh. You opened the door, and I slammed that door shut. I'm so sorry. Well, and we, I'm sitting here thinking, how are, Karen, how are you, like, are you like, Jack, slow down. We just got here. What are you doing? Or, or you just kind of roll with it? You know, I think at that point in my life, I was pretty much rolling with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was, I was still rolling at that age. <laughs> you kind of knew what you signed up for at that point? Well, you know what? I just didn't know any better. Yeah, we didn't know. It's just one of those things, you know, we didn't know how it was supposed to be, so yeah. we just, you know, went with it. Uh, but no, I went at that point, you know, I mean, really, I mean, he had been he had provided so well up to that point. I guess I guess maybe I don't want to sound ultra spiritual because I certainly wasn't, I'm sure. But just knowing that he was going to provide for us, yeah, whatever. How, how did you know that? 
Like what was going because on? Because of because just just because of everything had gone up to that point, mm-hmm. the way he had, you know, he just provided. Yeah. Um, I, and to you know, looking back, you know, you look look back over your adolescence and your t- you know all the different ways that he protected me from myself and mm-hmm. others and uh, just you know you know just I can't I can't not trust him. Sure. It's almost like you'd you'd seen God's provision, you had and experienced it, and so there's this level of faith that was happening from that. You know, I guess so. I get. I guess so. I really think that that was it. And at the time, it was so, um, it was so simple, and it was so second nature. I would I would love to be able to recapture that. You know, mm-hmm. it's that that you know that was lovely. Yeah, yeah. So you're uh, so you're at seminary. So do you continue going back to this church at all, or would that only happen two weeks? Two weeks. Okay, two that was weeks. it. All right. I drove around the neighborhood where the apartment was we were living in, and there was a little Baptist church about two blocks over. And I made note of of this church. We had visited on the two Sunday nights. You know, back then we were all Sunday morning, Sunday night churches. Oh yeah. So when we came back. On those two Sundays when I preached in the mornings, we went to two different churches, large churches in the area, and just didn't feel like there were a lot of seminary students that were members of those churches or attended there, and it just didn't feel like that's what we ought to do or wanted to do. So I'd seen this little church over in the neighborhood, and so that third Sunday, we go to visit this little church. They've got a pastor there looks like he's about 15. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... It, it was okay. It just it was just different for us. But we wound up a couple or three weeks later deciding that we would we would be part of that church. Within another month, not even it, not even that much. He and I have had the conversation about this. This is 1971. Probably within two weeks, he reached out to me and said, "Do you want to preach?" I thought, "Wow, bingo! This is working." And he said. I'm from southern Kentucky. He said, I'm down Hart County, Kentucky. And the church that I was pastoring, he said, I've been here for six months. They're still looking for a pastor. And if you want, I, I know the guy. I'll give him your name if you want to preach. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. You know, I thought, yeah, that'll work. I knew that in Texas it didn't work that well too much at that point. So we did go down there. It was about 80 miles south of Louisville. Okay. Uh, it was it was several miles. But the big deal was it was in the Eastern Time Zone Seminary, and we're in okay. churches in Central Time Zone. So you have to I factor mean, that we, you in. Cross yeah. the time, you, you cross the time yeah. part uh, going, so you lose an hour going, right. gain an hour back. Yeah. But we began pastoring that church. I, I went there. I was there for a month, and then they extended a call to me. I preached, went back and forth. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that was in 71, late 71, and we were there until 73. That pastor became, he and his wife became our dearest friends in Ecuador. They came to Ecuador to serve as missionaries okay. after we'd been there about five years. Okay. And are, are now just very, very closely connected to us, and we try to see them each year. They're in North Carolina yeah. now. Yeah. But there, that Lord, you know, made a connection for us and used that little connection to move us. I'm, I'm thinking maybe I'm confusing things, 
No, you're good. But uh, so after, I'm gonna just move forward a little bit. Um, so after sem- you graduate from yeah. seminary, what, are you still at this church? Or are you going to looking for what are you looking for after seminary? In, what are you pursuing? Yeah. I'm I'm thinking pastorate mm-hmm. until the last year of seminary. And in that last year, I met two guys. I was taking some D-men classes. They'd started the doctor ministry program, and I took some theologically uh, theological courses in the school of theology, Mm -hmm. and uh, they were dual credit type things. Mm -hmm. And I met two guys that had served. One had served in China, and it had to leave during the communist regime. That it forced out evangelicals. He went to China in 1939. Another guy had been in in uh, Japan for 15 years, and they they met at seminary. And then I I don't even know how I came to know them other than the fact we're in this one class together. Mm-hmm. There was no no other reason because I had a lot of guys I was there with that I didn't know know anything about them. And it was just I mean they were like a magnet. They just I just felt drawn to them. And I started hanging out with them and have a break and just yeah. listen to them. And it began to their their big thing. The guy from Japan, especially, he he said, "Why would you not say, Lord, could you use me? Why not at least give the Lord the option? Why not tell Him you're available? Why not instead of automatically assuming that you're not." going to be going to missions. So that's kind of how they approach things. Yeah. Why not? Why not offer to go? Yeah. And then let the Lord decide if, if he's really the one that wants to call you, if the Lord's involved. And I'd never looked at it that way. But what happened with me, I, I began having a, I just felt this, I don't know if I called myself at first or not, but I, I may have gotten ahead of the, the game. But I, I began to tell Karen, make comments to Karen about how the Lord was calling me to missions. And her comment was, she's at home with two kids and living out in, in the country, uh, open country in Kentucky. You could shoot a thirty out 6 off your front door, front porch in, at our house, and you weren't going to hit anything. <laughs> a river bank down the way. Yeah. Because uh, we were waiting down below. I to Texas. Yeah. Okay. She was waiting for me to get through with seminary okay. yeah, until yeah. the Lord would bring us back to to Texas. And so there was there was a lot of uh, tension between us in those moments when I would say, you know, Lord's called me, and she said, well, he hadn't called me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I took that as, you know, negative, and she she was feeling negative toward me. But we, the Lord did a lot of work in that year. Yeah. Taught us some things. He gave me my call. He did. (laughs) And it wasn't because of me. Mm -mm. It wasn't because of me. Yeah, that's that's good. It was because of God. Yeah. It was a really weird situation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you've got two kids at home. You're you have a desire to go back to Texas after seminary. You know, I just assumed that we would. You know, Uh I just can't. I don't know how to explain it. I I just assumed that we would. But I, you know, in retrospect, I can look back at it and I can see that the Lord used that time in the in out in the country <laughs> dealing with country folks a totally different 
seriously a different culture sure. than than Dallas, Texas. Yeah, you grew up in the in the city. You grew yes, up in, yes. Yeah. And uh, I look back at that now, and I just say, "Thank you, Lord. You were you were getting me ready for some of the things I was going to be dealing with on the mission field. Mm-hmm. Some being able to again start rolling again, just rolling with the punches and being <laughs> flexible and uh, yeah, and making do. Yeah, it's but it's oh." It makes you be creative, you know? Yeah. So, anyway. But, yeah, it was, um, uh, yeah, two kids and, and, um, and, and I don't think, I don't think that um, I was feeling negative toward him. I just wanted him to wait for me. I do remember that. I wanted him to wait for me. And I think there might have been a little bit, and I even questioned myself about, okay, am I supposed to just follow him because he feels called, you know, as a good wife, mm-hmm. um, to follow him because this is what he feels like he should do. And then I I just, I thought, well, I just really would love to be a part of that call. Sure. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, I held out for that, and the Lord mm-hmm. did honor that. And I, I think that it, that helped our relationship. Um yeah. Do you remember when I invited the couple? The, yes. They were Japanese missionaries. Yes. They were missionaries Dewey to and Japan. Ramona. Yeah. And uh, she remembers. Oh yeah, Ramona, the Mercers. The Mercers gave her names. Too. I just yeah. wasn't throwing names. Yeah. 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 No, she, yeah. But I brought them down to invite them to our church, and they spoke. And our church had not had missionaries like like this, you know, just come on a certain Sunday. And uh, great, great people. That next week at seminary, they were living in some seminary housing, and they were there as as you know, resident missionaries, residents or something. But mm-hmm. they were studying. He called me aside and he said, "We need to talk." Mm-hmm. He said, "You need to just back off because you're pushing her, mm-hmm. and and that's not going to re- yeah that's not going to result well yeah." And that was timely advice from the Lord. Yeah. Because I wasn't feeling pushing. I felt like she was resisting. You know, well, duh. I'm pushing and she's resisting. Yeah. But that was that was one of the the things that helped kind of ease things a little bit. We had a lot of activities going. We had an active church. They'd never had a seminary pastor. They'd had pastors who'd been to seminary, but they never had a student mm-hmm. pastor. Yeah, and they granted me the opportunity to come there as pastor and finish my my last year. And so during that time, we're doing lots of ministry and uh, driving every day. I had a carpool of guys. I met them at four a.m. in the morning. I'm driving out of the house to meet my carpool. Mm-hmm. We lose that hour. You drive a couple of hours. All of that stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But the Lord was was good and gracious to give us. The chance to get past that that friction point of yeah. of her feeling, and because I wasn't I wasn't getting that, I wasn't sensitive enough to catch that. Yeah, just another know. growing moment. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So do you end up? I can't remember exactly the time, or may not even know. But when do y'all go to the mission field after this? Yeah. Okay. How much time passes? Two more cups of coffee. What are we up to now? <laughs> Oh, how many cups of coffee? Yeah, how many cups of coffee? Five or six, maybe, yeah. something like that. <laughs> the timing of, of our involvement in missions 
fell in line with I couldn't go be, be a missionary until I had a seminary degree. So I had to continue my studies. Mm-hmm. That was that was a part of the calling if I were going to be involved in the International Mission Board, which at that time was called the Foreign Mission Board. Yeah. So I continued, you know, this this advice that we're given and all of this kind of puts us back on on track of we're ministering. We're we're involved with families, we're involved in evangelism we're, mm-hmm. we're fully engaged in this church I could have stayed in that church for 20 years okay. it was not a, a a little marginal kind of a, just a preaching opportunity thing. Sure. You know, it wasn't a yeah. seminary uh, weekend pastorate we lived next door to the church now I'm not into my 5 or 6 right now <laughs> <laughs> oh yes you are <laughs> but at the end I graduated in in May and that summer, Karen and I, this was the, the interesting thing, that mm-hmm. summer, Karen and I had the chance to go to a Southern Baptist Convention. We had never never been to one. Yeah. And, and we got to go. As we're there, we're in the, the pastor's conference preceding yeah. all of the, yeah. the workings. And they're having a special joint session of a pastor's conference and a women's missionary union conference for a ceremony to commission new missionaries. We had no idea this was going to happen. There's the program. Yeah. So as they're getting ready to do this, I said... We couldn't find a babysitter. We didn't have anybody to leave the kids with, so we had... Right. The two kids kids were with us. us. And at Mm -hmm. this point, in this... This was in a, you know, of course, a a large... uh, Arena. It mm-hmm. was a it was a large uh, setting, and I said, I said, Karen, look, you're involved with the kids every Sunday. Let me take them now for a while. Yeah. And uh, at that point, uh, they're at one and and four. So I take the kids, and I go out in the parking lot. I sit. Anyway, we wind up. I don't even know how we connected. That wasn't our, our normal way of proceeding. But we got back together. She came out by herself with a different look on her face. Okay. Yeah. Now you tell well, what you said. Well, after he took them out, after he took them out, what was happening at the oh, time yeah. Yeah. was they, they were, these new missionaries were given their three-minute, five-minute yeah. testimonies. Mm-hmm. Well, during the I'm listening, sitting in there listening to these testimonies, and I was particularly interested in the wives' testimonies. And just one by one, as they're giving their testimonies, they're all of my yes, but Lord, what about medical things? Well, you know, I've never been good at learning language. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, you know, it's just like, and then the big thing that happened was that. I don't remember up until not long before that a requirement with the International Mission Board was for the women to have at least two years of college. Okay. Well, is that right? No, they had they, to have a degree, I think, they had at that to have point. A, have, and then they had changed to have a degree. It. Yeah, to that. And they had just changed it. And so it's just like all of my excuses were gone. <laughs> and it was, but it wasn't like it was an excuse. It was like, okay. They can do it. Hey, and it was like, Karen, I'm not going to call you to do anything I'm not going to equip you to do. Mm. 
You wow. can do yeah. whatever, yeah. whatever you know, whatever I call you to do, you can do it because I'm going to be supplying the resources. Yeah. And and I did. I came out and I said, okay. <laughs> she, said, she said, he's called me now. Wow. And okay. You know yeah. what happened? I got scared <laughs> because I had kind of slipped into during all these months of you know just not talking about it. Yeah. I'd gotten really geared into it. I now I'm a seminary graduate, and I've you know what's going to happen. But we initiated the process. Yeah. Of applying to be missionaries immediately upon getting back, yeah. and it started steamrolling. We we were. Taken to, we had a trip. They sent us to uh, Richmond, Virginia. Went to Virginia. Left our kids with a family there in the church for all of our and, all of our interviews and, and everything. Looking. And then we get the call saying, "We just don't think it's the right time for you all yeah. to be." Oh wow! Yeah. We do not think it's the right time for you all to be. Um, uh, and just a few days before oh, we got wow. the call, I had found out I was pregnant with Leslie, and it was. Um, you know, it was. It, I think the Lord just wanted us to be able to, to be together and to say yes. You know, we're mm -hmm. willing to do this. Mm -hmm. And then two years later, we went back. We. And just, and, that was in '76. Okay. Yeah, and then in '78 we went to language school and. No, no, no. I'm getting my numbers off now. Anyway, off. we went to we went to language school um, from '78 to '79, December to December. Yeah. Yeah. And they right. went to Ecuador right. in seventy nine. Right. Yeah. How long were y'all in Ecuador? We were with the board fourteen years. We were not in Ecuador all that time. Okay. Because we were a year in Costa Rica. Okay. And we spent a year in a medical emergency furlough. I think that took a little more than five or six months. No, that's yeah. great. No, that's Sorry. beautiful. He said Costa Rica and I just Oh, I knew it. I worked with a guy in Costa Rica, and that was put, you know, Pura Vida's. Costa Rica, what it is now, and you know, Party Central and all the vacations <laughs> and everything. It it was not that kind of a scene. Well, it wasn't for us. Well, it I wasn't. Think we were, I think we were isolated. Well, they didn't have somewhat. developed some of the resorts. I they know, didn't. The beaches were not developed. Uh, I mean, the beaches were pretty rough mm -hmm. as far as you know. We stayed in little cheesy places. But awesome we, places they were they were <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm seeing this sense of eventually Karen's like let's roll with it we're good we're yeah. good to go yeah. I, I'm liking this let me just ask a question though like before you go like were y'all I'm just curious from your family from people y'all were close with were you feeling a pushback of hey guess we've got three kids little ones and we're going to go overseas and be missionaries. And we're taking our whole family with us. Like, uh, what? Like, how did you have to work through that? Was that? I mean, you you shared some of those things. You felt like God had to say that He was going to equip you and He was He was going to be present. But uh, what was that process like? Was that a hard thing for you, for y'all to to work through? Was it? Were you were you encouraged the whole way along? I don't remember it be, being a particularly hard thing to go okay. through personally. Uh, you know, I, as far as the family, I, I do remember, and I think I'm remembering this correctly. You have to remember I'm old. But, but I think I'm remembering this correctly. I think we got more pushback from my daddy um, when we moved to Kentucky then maybe when we went overseas i think by, by the time we went overseas up, yeah. i think he by the time he realized we were we had a if you will at the sound of at the risk of sounding 
Yeah, but I think he just realized we had a higher calling yeah, than sure. you know to no. stay home and do, you know. So, um, but yeah, he, there was pushback for Kentucky, but my grandmother spoke up from us for us on our behalf yeah, yeah. to my daddy, just saying, you know, you know, this is what they need to be doing. Wow. And, you know, this yeah. is what they yeah. need to be doing, and um, um, and then that was borne out with some things that he saw that how that God was taking care of us in Kentucky through the body. That's good. Um, yeah. Where our two other children were born uh, in Kentucky, and um, and him seeing how God provided some in some emergency situations there that God provided for our needs, and he was very impressed with that. Yeah. And it was a real testimony to him to see that. And like I said, by the time we went to the mission field, uh, you know, I think you know he was. I don't think it was resignation as much. You know, I think he was kind of proud. Well, I think I think so. But like like Karen said earlier, that time in Kentucky, it it was a an orientation, a preparation, culture culture shock, all of the the things that that we could say about it. But seven years got a lot of things in place, mm-hmm. and I don't remember. We didn't come come back and say we're going uh, to Ecuador and then they said okay we'll have a family meeting and then we'll we'll let you know <laughs> they knew that 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 just wasn't the way they didn't like it I made a statement years later that if my kids now and this was when our grandkids were younger but I said it would be harder for me to see my grandkids being taken overseas and away from us mm-hmm. now. But I never really worried about that too much when I'm taking somebody else's grandkids mm-hmm. and going over. Sure. Uh, I thought about it, was concerned about their feelings, but it was not the de- deciding factor. Yeah. What are uh, a couple things that you learned, uh, one or two things? from your time overseas in Costa Rica and Ecuador? You learned about yourself, about your faith, and then about, about God. Sometimes we get, we get locked into what is expected or what is normal, and we learned that we needed to be ready to see what the Lord was going to teach us and how He was going to use us in ways that didn't fit our our preparation, our training, uh, seminary classes, mm-hmm. pastoral experience. There, there were daily and weekly things that he had to guide us and show us then. We couldn't draw from how we had done something before, past experiences. And it, I think it created within us more of a dependence on him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's just a quick thought in yeah. that. That's good, Karen. What would you say? Uh, that and um, I think having taken a young family over mm-hmm. uh, overseas, um, um, away from the their kin. Yeah. The body of Christ took on a whole new. Um, reality for us yeah. seeing yeah. seeing 
fellow missionaries and their children becoming for us what we no longer had surrounding us. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Every every other adult missionary was an aunt or an uncle to my children, mm-hmm. yeah. and they had cousins, you know, missionary cousins, and really, I mean, we were a family, and so, and that was vitally important for our children. Yeah, for our children, for me too. Um, for me too, uh, for sure. And because of the ilk of my parents, very stoic, uh, certainly not unkind, certainly uh, they're caring, but not very affectionate, stoic, you know, just take care of business. You just, you you know we love you kind of a thing, but just giving the, giving the, um, the way the, the, Temperaments of my family, good, good people. I love them, still do. Uh, uh, love them very, very much. They never would have been able to have that kind of relationship with any either. Even though his parents, his parents were much more demonstrative and everything. It, just the kind of love and uh, nurturing and uh, investment. <laughs> they would never, even if they'd been here, they wouldn't have. Been able to experience that with my family as such as, uh, and I don't think they would have with his family either. Yeah, now you're saying the kids, the, our kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our kids right. would not have received that, and and you know it was like that takes the place. That takes the place. Yeah. Of you know being being over overseas, and and um, I got to raise my kids in a much gentler society than I would have here. Hmm. That's another, you know, so God's provision, that's the big thing. Just the incredible provision, better than anything I could have thought of. That's that's great. That's really cool. That's encouraging to hear from there. Yeah. Um, so you're coming back to the States. Um, you're and uh, still serving in ministry um, in, in some capacity, right? Or am I? Well, and this is part of that, that year that parked. I mean, no, when, but no, when no, we came we back, I was I was not. Um, Karen had a lot of medical issues. She was in, she was in the hospital. I was I was Mr. Mom. Okay. We, we were on an extended medical furlough, which meant that our basic needs were met. But I was I, I remember I did some painting at one time. I, but I was when we had come back to the states for any kind of situation. I spoke in a lot of, of good places in Dallas, good churches. But during the year we were back, I really didn't get any invitation. Yeah. It was it was a period where the Lord was kind of put me into a spot, okay now. Let's let's see. Your focus is we had a sophomore in high school, a senior in high school, and a girl that was in her college studies, but but she had not she had transferred to another place and was kind of restarting. <laughs> so they were those were pretty tough ages to uh, deal with kids no matter where you're living. Sure. And we were we were back here and didn't want to be back here. We had no intention of of uh, we let we came back to 
to the United States and left all our furniture in Ecuador, all of we our belongings. We just assumed we were going back. We packed but our that, bags. <laughs> yeah, but that that was not going to. That became evident that we weren't going to be going back. And so about about um, I guess had a year gone by when when Sunny Glenn uh, asked him to come and to preach. Yeah, and they, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was and so no for, the, for for the first. For the first year after we came back, no, we were just kind of, kind of at loose ends. Yeah, but sure. Then, but we didn't hadn't given up on the idea of ministry by any no, means. No. We were looking for ministry. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I had knocked on a few doors. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I knocked on one door of ministry uh, to be a Spanish language consultant, and a guy told me he says, I, "I'm gonna have to be honest with you, Jack. We we need to have someone who's Hispanic." Yeah. <laughs> so, and I thought, okay, I, I get it. There's, there's another time. Okay, yeah, another but, cup of coffee. But you know, it's yeah. just a real, but a really neat way. He used one of our missionary friends from Ecuador to, to uh, recommend him to this church to come visible. And I mean, yeah. literally, the rest yeah. is history okay. because that's where he spent the rest of his pastoral ministry. Yeah. So let's fast forward. We're let's go to just briefly. So you end up at Eastridge. Um, that's in Red Oak, and you uh, end up becoming the head pastor there. Is that correct? Well, we we moved a our church voted to relocate, much like others, like Hillcrest and such. <coughs> and so we relocated. We had several families that were living down in Ellis County, and all. okay, and uh, and so we relocated. We started in a, a school with uh, a small nucleus of people. They're in Red Oak, in the area where we were looking to start a church, and uh, so. And then, what year is this? We, that was in nineteen ninety nine. Okay, and that's also and when y'all moved to where you're currently living, where we're sitting right now, right? No, around we that lived, same time. For four years, we lived in a house in Red Oak. Okay, and then we came here. Gotcha. Yeah, in '03 we moved here. Okay, but now I've slipped. Is what I was saying. That, so uh, we were meeting in the school. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Back to the school. Thank you so much. We were we were setting up. Imagine this. We were setting up <laughs> chairs, setting up tables for three years. We had cargo teams. We set oh, yeah. up Sunday school classes. Uh-huh. Uh, we and we you did it for Sunday morning, years. Sunday night. We did it for uh, Wednesdays. Yeah. And uh, and we met in that cafeteria. We rented two classrooms, and then we used another classroom for our nursery. That it was yeah. actually the fine arts. That's that's where we did church while we were getting property, building a building, and and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so and we initiated and that became, this. That was Eastridge. East that became Eastridge. Gotcha. Yeah, we named we renamed uh, because Sunny Glen, as I said about Preston, was Sunny Glen, was Sunny Glen Drive was the street it was yeah, on. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> so I'm not used to wearing a watch. I'm not used to wearing a watch. Sunny Glen Drive, so you couldn't come out, you know. And Old Villa Road had already been taken, and so yeah. we thought, well, what are we going to do? So we named it for that area where there was an elementary school. And, sure, and all yeah, that, you know. Yeah. So that was that was the thing. But no, we we moved with a with a full supported vote from the church. This is what we need to do, and want to do, and and. Uh, and the Lord was in this. So you were there from 99 until, what'd you say, 2018? End of 2018. End of 2018. So yeah. almost 20 years there. 
Well, and then I was there well, almost seven at the other. So I mean, it all together, all twenty six and a half years. It's because we brought I'm, the nucleus yes, okay. from the church. Yeah, and the whole another congregation bought that building. Okay, in, yeah, yeah, in Oak Cliff. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So just what's and I, I mean, for all that time, we could talk. I'm sure you've got stories upon stories, but tell me just something you learned being pastor for that twenty seven years. What is uh, what's a theme? What's something you learned about God? What's something that God had to teach you? And I know, I'm sure we could have seven cups of coffee about this, but let's do a sip of coffee, sip of one cup right now. Now, I wasn't the pastor, but there's one thing that I remember. Is it Dennis Swanberg? (laughs) Yeah, Swanee. Okay, yeah, Dennis Swanberg. Okay, so... I know what you're going to say. Okay, you and say it right. then. You say it. Because well, to me, that's the most important some people, thing I've learned. Some people that are, are hard to get along with, and sometimes people are can be cantankerous and mean, he said, just love them. Just love you them. You have to just love them. And, and you so know I, what? The Lord's given me a love for people, and, and every once in a while you just have to have a good spirit of put-upmanship. you got to put up with some things until the love starts. Yeah. And uh, I do, I do like folks. It know. seems like you do. You're, and it's, it's not a. I'm not after something. I'm not selling. No. It. The Lord has put in my heart a love for His people, and a love for people that that are not His. Yeah. With a desire that they come to know Him. Yeah. So, that's that has been a a help. Yeah. And there, there's still some folks that reach out who are in a position where they don't have pastors or they don't have influences in their lives like they had at one time. And so I spend some time dealing with people and talking with people. And Who's the hardest person to love at Remedy? Just kidding. Blank. No. He'll tell us you when know, we hit, you know, unstop I, the recording. He's like, y'all too? Yeah. Um. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Y'all know I love y'all. Oh no! All right, so we're gonna wrap. Uh, you guys have given us a ton of time and a ton of a ton of stuff to just kind of chew on and be encouraged by, be challenged by, and we really could. You know, I feel like time's flown and we could do this again and still have a whole another two hours worth. So, you know, just uh, I think I speak for everybody when I say you know we're just encouraged by your faithfulness to the Lord's call and. You know, I think your your marriage is an example to others of just how you can see. I think your differences in personality are are clear, but you work together well, and you love one another, and and serve one another, and you know those are those are things I know myself can learn from for sure. We wanna we like to we like to end these things on kind of a lighter on a lighter note. Um, we would call it rapid fire questions. And, um, Just as long as it's not the newlywed game or whatever. No, 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 we're not. <laughs> no, no, no. Or the oldlywed game. We're not. No, we're not going back. I'm, I don't have a what. What are those suits called that they used to wear in the seventies? The uh, I forget. Leisure Mr. suits. Leisure suits like Mr. Roper. <laughs> I made one for Jack. <laughs> nice. That's great. Yeah. Give me. All right. So between between the the two of you, who's uh, we'll say Karen? Movies, books, or shows? Books. Okay, name name me your top three books. Can you do that? Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's shaking uh, her head. To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
Um, Jane Eyre. Yeah. Um, I can't. I can just name two. That's, that's great. No, that's good. Jack, movies, books, or shows? Unfortunately, movies. You're a movie guy. Yeah. Can you give me a top few? You know, <laughs> she's answering for you. I like Gladiator. Okay. Uh, a little Forrest Gump. Oh, yes. I'm not. I'm not into. It's my favorite uh, movie. The, so. the latest of, of yeah. movies, I wouldn't know. Those are excellent. Uh, You've shared some. Yeah. Uh, I, I would have to. I'd have to think a little bit more. That's okay. Um, favorite place to eat in Moxahatchee. In Moxahatchee. I don't have one. Camposano. Camposanos? We like it. Okay. Yeah. A little Mexican food. Tuscan um, slice, you like it. Yeah, I started to say that. Tuscan, yeah, Tuscan it's slice, good. that's yeah. good. What is your idea of a relaxing time, Karen? Mm. On the beach, in a hammock, reading a book. That's mine. That's crazy. <laughs> there you go. I, I would probably say the same exact thing. <laughs> Jack? I really still enjoy hitting a golf ball. Yeah. yeah. And going hitting it again. Anywhere? Like your backyard or out on the course? On the course, but I've yeah. hit them out here in the backyard. Yeah, I've seen your setup. <laughs> How do you prefer your steak? Medium. Is that what I usually ask? <laughs> Jack medium. orders it for you? I think medium. I like it with um, sufficient pink. Okay. All right. I, I like mine more medium well. Yeah. No mooing? No mooing cow for you? No, no. Okay. I don't like it really just drying. You know, I know if you say well done, then, but medium well. I, I don't mind a little light pink. Okay. All right. Um, any hobbies? Any interesting hobbies? I don't know how interesting they are. I don't think I'm very interesting at all. I think um, crosswords, Sudoku, um, reading. Keeping the brain sharp. Reading. Yeah. Reading. She's done, through the years, she's done lots of craft projects. She used to do different uh, wood mm-hmm. projects. She's done mm-hmm. handwork, crocheting, and different mm-hmm. things. I have had them in the past, quilting. Yeah. If my, yeah. Jack, other than golf, we know golf is your hobby. Well, I, I made an observation the other day, and nobody's picked up on it. Uh, well, a guy did. I got a text this past week uh, apologizing. But I've been retired for four years, and I have not gone fishing a time. I do like to fish. Mm, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to have to remedy that. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. See what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> After you hear that remedy, folk, I think Jack's wanting a, a fishing invitation. So I've, I've actually got, before we had the big question, I actually asked Megan, like, hey, if, um, if you had a question, if you got to sit down with Jack and Karen, uh, Megan, my wife, you know, and so she asks, like, what's what's some advice? And we don't have to get super deep into this because we've done a lot of this. Um, but what is some advice do you give to young um, early married couples and uh, and young parents or parents with young kids? What's some advice that uh, whether you look back and you're like, you know what, we did this well, or you know what, we could have done this one better. Mm-hmm. Um, what's some advice that you would give to to some of our people, I would hesitate to give any advice to any of the people because I and seriously, as I've I, as I've watched, um, I see so much good parenting going on. Um, I would have liked to have done it better, um, 
But I, I, from learning from experience, if you're not already doing it, don't take yourself too seriously. Hmm. Um, and uh, don't be... Just remember that when you're dealing with your children that they're children and they're not an another adult. And so don't expect them to be responding and, hmm. you know, you're yeah. dealing with a, an, a child. Yeah. And so I guess maybe those two things, and you know, just... Um, and then having expectations that are uh, that line up with those those yeah. things. Yeah, that's good. See, she's more professional than I am as a counselor. So, <laughs> but I'm I'm thinking in terms of the word the word of uh, encouragement would be one of the one of the hardest things that Karen and I confession time. You didn't ask this, but developed was praying together. Okay. And I'd say as early and as soon, and especially when the kids, when you have children, find time, maybe early, late, but pray together, pray for the kids, pray for each other, and kind of like Karen was saying, cut each other some slack. Yeah. You know, it. it's easy to uh, to judge Harshly, the person you ought to love with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, you know. Uh, that's why we're supposed to love the Lord. But when we do the vows, you know, do you promise to love, honor, cherish, and obey? Well, that sounds a lot like that. But uh, we don't do the obey part anymore. We don't? No. Oh. No, we don't. I, they don't let me say obey in a wedding ceremony anymore. No. Uh, but there's there's not a lot of respect uh, sometimes that's seen, mm-hmm. and just love each other, res- respect each other, yeah. and be kind to one another. So cut each other some slack. I'll yeah. stay with that. That's okay. good. Well, I'm going to finish up. Um, I've re- really enjoyed this, um, but uh, tell me just about what does Remedy Church mean to y'all? Um, to both of you, I mean y'all. I-, I love that y'all are at Remedy, and it means a lot to me. Like. Y'all are the first people that Chad and I have actually sat down with, <laughs> and, and uh, we've we've done this with one another, and we've got some others lined up. But we really were looking forward to sitting down with y'all. Yeah. Um, let me just ask, like, what does Remedy mean to you? And then, you know, in some ways, why why did y'all why did y'all come to Remedy, and what does it mean to you today? You know, what I said earlier, we we didn't set out to be on a church finding mission after I retired. Mm-hmm. We went to a few churches where friends were serving, people that I knew very well. Yeah. And I thought, well, I've never had a chance to go to their church. And almost immediately, you know, the thought is, and I probably won't be back. It's just not a fit for me. They they have things going and I don't I don't feel a need here. But that first experience there at the Y, not because it was the Y, it could have been, you know, meeting at the children's home or wherever y'all been through the years, mm-hmm. in your living room. <laughs> but the the sense was this feels right. This it was just a, a click in our spirits. And we're not always in agreement about everything. I mean we we have opinions. We have we have learned how to respect each other's opinions, yeah. uh, but I would have thought that it would have been a hard sell to find the right church for us 
Because before, you know, we say, well, the Lord called me to this church. And so there you are. That's where you're going to be a member. And there were some times when maybe that that was present a little bit, a little antagonism. Okay. But there was, there was no pressure. There was no expectation. In fact, we did feel like oddballs. We felt like we don't fit. We, we had to really get that sense from the Lord. This is where, where we did fit. Although it didn't, it didn't seem like, it didn't look like it. Looking at the profile, looking at y'all, y'all seemed and and were very proficient. Y'all, y'all made things work together. You worked well as teams. It, it was, it was a testimony to us about the the life of the church, seeing how y'all operated in the YMCA of all places, and then even over at the at the church. Mm-hmm. meeting there you know yeah. that was a challenge yeah. I felt some challenges that I think some people did I felt things uh, every week being in not hostile but unfamiliar sure surrounds yeah and but it just it just has felt and it's been the Lord giving us peace we didn't, we never had a conversation a discussion should we or shouldn't we mm-hmm. we've kind of been together on these things yeah. since I, I think that the uh, um and I know that you didn't mean it this way, you know, as far as no expectations, because as certainly as we've been there, there are certain that, you know, there are high expectations from each of the members of the body. And I know that that's yeah, not what yeah, he was talking yeah. about, but I, I, I see it more as um, a there's, you know, there's really not there's really not a hierarchy. I mean, we're all in the same boat. We're all just people and as Brian likes to say we're all broken people um, I don't I don't feel like that there's there you know there's any pushing and pulling to maintain a status among the body I mean I think I sense a deep respect um, among the people for regardless of who they are where they come from what their background is what they've been through it's just here you know you know we just here we are um but i think i think huge thing for me and let me give me just a second to kind of formulate this because um uh because it's huge to to me um in a time in society and in churches and in in our denomination when everybody is trying to um, flex and fit into what seems to be happening um, be the willing to make compromises just in terms of the current culture in terms of the current culture um, but we have churches who are making compromises that I think are um, I really believe that are just um, God is not pleased and I one of the things that has impressed me so much and the the whatever was going on um, here a couple years back when we had people leaving and uh, there, I, what I saw was a loving, honest, um, trying to reach out, to resolve, to heal, to include, to bring back um, 
but an absolute unwillingness to compromise on any essentials. Yeah. I, that is what I saw, and I count on that. Yeah. And that's there, and I and I, I appreciate our leader, leadership for that. Yeah. I just really do. Yeah, I think that's huge. And yeah, and I, I appreciate that too. Coming into Remedy for me, like I came out of a Reformed Baptist um, church, and so there was a heavy emphasis on on you know being a confessional church and and going back to. For the Reformed, it's the London Baptist 1689. Um, you know, a lot of Presbyterians use the Westminster Confessions and all those. And it's kind of the idea of, regardless of who's the pastor, who's the elder, whoever, we know that that's the standard that's going to be followed. And like coming, and so there's a level of accountability there to where this is what we believe and we're not going to err from that. And I think like for me and and my wife coming in was like, all right, we're going to get into a church that we don't know a ton about. And it doesn't seem like they're necessarily confessional. I'm not even sure what their statement of faith is. And so there's always like, okay, well, it's good now, but if pastor changes, like what's that going to look like? Is it, is everything going to change? And, and I think it's been so much better speaking for us, like coming in and, and I can thousand percent agree with what you're saying. You know, I think the leadership at remedy has in, in a difficult culture, been able to say like our conviction is that this is what the Bible teaches and exactly. we're not going to waver exactly. from that <laughs> and I think honestly that God you, you can see God rewarding that absolutely and that's why that's why we ended up there because I mean it was like whoa you know just those for, after two times visiting you know it's like I, I realized that this is true this is true and as we went along and we just kept coming we just kept coming um, and hearing more and more, um, and then it wasn't—I don't know how long after the, that that um, some people became unhappy, that um, some really hard things were having to be dealt with, and um, just seeing the example set and the angst that it caused, and um, but the love that yeah. was there—that mm, was a testimony to me. A little bit ago when I said about expectations, uh, and what you said is that our expectations have been met, what we our goals, our dreams, our our beliefs. But I was saying I don't think there was any expectation that we would join. It wasn't a matter of anybody putting any expectations oh, no, no. on us. Mm-hmm. You know, they nobody I think folks were some were surprised. We'd already begun uh, attending a little bit the MC. And so we were creating a little bit of a connection, uh, even at that point. Although it, it took, it's changed some too. As some people mm-hmm. have, not all. It's not just all young people that move and take other jobs. Sometimes older people move too, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've had some transitions. But I'm just saying there, there was no expectation that we join or anything. You know, it was kind of a we the, we were no just allowed yeah. from the get go. I just I you know I I said from the beginning. You know, there are just things this this. Um, a lot of a lot of the way things are being done in this church is just not what I grew up with, and I need time to digest and process, and I just and find out what I believe about that and all of it, and it's just it, it take all the time you need. That's good. Well, Jack and Karen, I really really appreciate y'all giving up uh, this amount of time <laughs> sitting around your uh, your table, and uh, this has been good. I you know like. 
we kind of started out the beginning, Chad, you're talking about how how Jack knew your kids' names. And I know so many families at Remedy know that y'all know them. Mm-hmm. It's like Jack and Karen knows me. And I know that to be true. Like, I, And you've asked me about my children. You've asked about situations going on in my family. And you genuinely care. And I, and I know that. That isn't like, it's, it's, it's just... I know you're praying like you alluded to earlier Chad like you I know Jack you like write down children's names and pray for them and you want to memorize them and that 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 means so much to me and I I know I had a conversation with someone in our MC months ago and they they said that they said it means it means a lot to us you know we're you know they hadn't connected as well with a lot some people but they knew Jack and Karen and they they didn't even have a ton of conversations um, outside of Sunday morning with y'all, but they could tell that y'all genuinely cared about mm-hmm. them. And uh, it's encouraging to me to have y'all at Remedy. It's yeah. deeply encouraging to me. And um, and I love that y'all are here. Yeah. I, I, am, I feel better for me, for Megan, and our children to know y'all and to be in our spiritual family. Yeah, we well, want you to feel safe with us. Yeah, and I, you know, I when when I found out Jack was was you know going through the eldership nomination process, I I called you, and and what I told what I told Jack was, you know, I'm I'm excited, I'm genuinely excited because I can't think of one other person in our church family that loves Remedy more than than Jack and Karen love Remedy, so. That's that's gonna wrap it up for us. Um, you know, we'll see what popular demand says. We may have to have a, a a part part two or three or whatever it may be. But talk about adventures in Ecuador. But um, that'd be so fun. <laughs> so thank you all so much. And um, dead possum. Dead animal stories. We're here for it. Yeah. We're, oh. we're here for all of it. So, all right. Well, we will. We'll. We'll thank you guys again, and thank we'll. You. We'll catch y'all on the next episode of <laughs> Remedy Stories. All right. Thanks everyone for listening to this week's episode of Remedy Stories. We hope that you are encouraged and renewed by these conversations. Be sure to join us each week as we experience God's goodness through stories from the local church. <laughs>